know this morning. So many of us, we, I say that, half of, half of the population of the world almost are men. We don't know for sure if it's divided right down the middle or not, but I will say this just to be, be kind of get you out of the mood. God created for every man who needed to be married a woman and created for every woman who needed to be married a man. And he created them male and female, and that's where they're supposed to be. So if half of them are men and they need to get married, God's got half the population of women for them. I'll just say it that way. But uh, it is Dad's Day. Chose this day to honor dads and, and supposed to say thank you to dads. I'll tell you what, if you're a dad this morning, would you go ahead and stand? We'll, we'll, we'll take care of this part of it. Man, give a hand to your dads. Right. Go ahead and stay standing here. Father, we thank you this morning for your love. We thank you, Father, for your grace. And dear God, it's a privilege to be a dad. Lord, I'm thankful for that privilege. God, that responsibility heavy, but yet it's a privilege, again, to have that responsibility. So for all the dads, dear God, today I pray, Lord, that you apply your mercy, your grace, and your strength to their lives. And help us, Father, to be that which we need to be. We're your underlings. God, we've got a responsibility, so help us, Lord, to fulfill that. We'll praise you, Father. We'll thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated. There are some people in this world who take being a dad as a, a burden, something they don't want to be. I'm just going to tell you right now, I think they're cowards. Dads who run from their children and husbands that run from their wives are cowards. God created us for one another. When he put me with my wife, we took the marriage valve and we said, for better, for worse. Anybody else got those words in your marriage vows? And I know we all remember those one words, till death do us part. Anybody remember that? And sometimes you'd like to strangle the other person every so often. I mean, I know my wife thought about it one night. I woke up, her hands was closed. <laughs> that pillow was on my head, and I, I could have swore I didn't do it. Things happen. Every relationship you have is rough. I'm not going to lie about that this morning. My relationship with God has been rough. But God never stopped loving me. I've never stopped loving Him. I'm going to tell you the secret to every marriage today to be successful is not how you feel about your spouse, but how you feel about God. 
If you love God, you will make it through anything. And I know this morning, I come from a broken home. I know this morning that if my parents had loved God more than they loved themselves, they would have been married all the way through. It's about the love we have for God. Now, is my message this morning about marriage? It's Dad's Day. No, it's not about marriage. But yes, it's about marriage. Okay? My title is real simple today. Dads need to lead. That, that, hey, if you search the Bible, the responsibility of the husband is to lead. The responsibility then of dads is to lead. As I was praying there, God put those words to my mind, and, and I never thought about it before. But I am the underling of God, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a dad, because I'm a husband. And by the way, wives, it's not a shame to allow your husbands to lead. It's the Bible. By the way, it's not our responsibility as husbands to drag. You ever thought about that? You're going to do what I want you to do no matter what you want to do. That's the way we treat our kids, not our wives. Why? Because our kids sometimes need to be drugged to the right spot. Just think about it for a minute. So my key verse this morning is Proverbs 22, verse 6. The responsibility of raising children is both parents. But it's also the church. If you stop to think about it this morning, church, we, we focus on days and, and when we get on days we start just kind of driving home a principled thought or something like that to, to whatever it is. Like, Dad, you... It's my turn to either beat you up or to raise you up. On Mom's Day, it's my time to beat you up or raise you up. I mean, we stop to think about these things here, but the truth of the matter is this. It does not matter what day it is. The holiday is immaterial to the responsibility for us to do the will of God in our lives. So the key verse is simple. In verse chapter 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I'm going to tell you something this morning. I know that every one of us have children that we try to direct the right way who are not in the right way. It happens, right? And then we look at the verse of the scripture and we say, well, that verse is wrong. Well, I want to say today that the verse is absolutely right. The problem is in the way that we train up our children. And then in this, you may train a child the right way even. When they get older, they depart from it. But remember what he says here, when they are old. Now, what are we supposed to do then now, parents? We're going to pray that they live long enough to get right, to be where they need to be. You know what happens when you get old? 
you get a little smarter. You begin to see things a little better. And by the way, if you train that into a child, when they get old, they're going to go, wow, mom and dad was right. God's right. I need to be right with God. Does it happen? I sometimes ask myself this question. Did I do what I should have done in the absolute right way? Or did I do it wrong? And you know what? Every one of us at times, we like to sit back and say, you know what? I've done my best. I, I really did. I've done my best. And, and they're just a mess. Or they don't, they don't care. But the truth is, I didn't do my best. I've done enough. But the older I got to realize I didn't do my best. So am I supposed to quit now? No. I'm still supposed to be an influence, a trainer to my children, to my grandchildren. I should influence them to God. I should influence them for God. And I should influence them because of God. But I should not give up. Because they're older. Do you get it, church? The Bible's written in a way that makes sense. He didn't say when they get older. Because we know what happens when they get older. Not to be too ornery to your older children this morning. But they get, they get the mindset that they're smarter than everybody else. I'm 52 years old next month, and I realize this. I'm not the smartest man in the room. And I say that all the time, and I say it around people all the time. And then I say, well, well, why would you say that? Because I know that you know something I don't know. Which makes that in that category, you're smarter than I am. So what's my mentality? Does it really matter? I'm smart enough to know this. God is the authority. God is the head. God is the one I'm supposed to be responsible to. And if I follow after God, I am training my children and my grandchildren. And by the way, even some of your children and grandchildren, I will train them in the way they should go. I'm going to be an influence on them. You'll be an influence on mine if you do the same. But we either are positive or negative influences. And the way that we choose to follow God is how we are training our children. Think about this for just a second, church. If you've got a mentality, and, and, I, and I don't mean to beat this horse to death because I say it a lot, but if your mentality is this, God understands, it usually means that you're saying that God understands why you're not willing to do all God would have you to do. Why you're not going to follow God to the fullest. Why you're not going to follow the scriptures to the fullest. And why you're not going to be rock solid, hardcore in there. If you got a shirt this morning, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5. I'm not going to read it to you. I want you to read it. I want you to see how hardcore God was towards you and what he did. Remember in Romans chapter 5, for when we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. So while we are yet sinners, he illustrated a perfect love, a love that was 
far beyond our comprehension and understanding. He, he desired us. And the question this morning is, is where is our desire towards God? Because remember, the scripture is right all the time. God is always right. Hey, if you think the Bible has a problem, check yourself. It's you that's got the problem. The scripture is always, 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 always right. So I have to stop and say to myself, how was I then wrong? And how can I fix the wrong that I was? And that's where we start giving wisdom to our children. And we start saying, listen, I'll be honest with you. When I did this, I was wrong. You don't have to make that mistake. I was wrong. You know what we say today? They're going to do it anyway, so why, why worry about it? There's a lot of things that I did when I was younger that was wrong, that was stupid. By the grace of God, I'm not dead. So why would I not tell my children, don't do that. It could lead to this. I was wrong. Why would I say, well, they're going to do it anyways? And think this, that, okay, God got me through it. God's going to get them through it. Hey, God does not have a responsibility to keep you from doing stupid things. And when you realize it's God's grace, you need to tell somebody, don't go down the road that I did. By the grace of God, I'm here today. And I realized that I was wrong back then. I was wrong in what I did. That's part of the training in the way he should go. Deuteronomy chapter 4. The good news is this morning, I don't have a lot of places for you to go. But we're going to read a few verses, okay? Chapter 4, verse 1. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you. Now I want you to think about something just a second. What is training? It's teaching. It's found throughout the scriptures. The word teaching means to train, to instill. And by the way, I'm just going to be honest about this this morning. It is your job as a parent, it is your job as a grandparent to teach your children. It's our job as church family to teach our children and to help teach children. It is not the public school system who destroys their minds and feeds them garbage. Tells them they evolved from a meat emobi or whatever they call them things. They crawled out of the water one day, decided to walk one day, decided to grow one day, got a tail for stabilization, become a monkey, then become an ape, then be finally become a man. And the world is hundreds of millions of years old. And we know that because there's a rock somewhere. You know what, I, I, I've got a bunch of rocks outside in front of my house. Neighbor lady, she was real kind, and she had 
got some rocks and she got too many and we've been wanting to put a bed in front of the house and I went and I poured 10 bags, I think it was, or 11 bags, whatever we had, one bag's left over. I poured them all out there in that, that, that front area there. It looks really nice. I like it. I'm, I'm scared to death though, Brother Gary. If them rocks start growing, gonna going to knock my house down. You know, rocks don't grow. Settlement increases. But rocks don't grow. I've never had them tell me Mount Everest is any taller than what it was because it's been growing over the last several years. But they're always telling me something's slinking. I want you to think about this, church. When God made us, he made us right. That's why monkeys have monkeys. And women have children. Women have children. Not men. Women have children. So here we go. Hearken means to listen. O Israel, under the statutes and to the judgments which I teach you means to train. For to them, now look at this, that ye may live. You want to live? You better listen to what thus saith the word of God. What's God's word? Hey, church, listen to me. You can listen to me this morning, but if you don't listen to the word of God, you're in trouble. I know how to get from my house to here. But there are some places here that somebody says, well, you know where such and such is, and I have to tell them, no, I really, I really don't. I live in Springdale. I come down here. I know how to get from here to there and so forth, but I've never seen that place, never heard of that place, don't know where that place is. I mean, I look it up. I can get to Harbor Freight, and I can get to Kane's Chicken and Slim's Chicken and Domino's Pizza and Walmart just about anywhere. But there are a lot of places I don't know. So listen to what thus saith the word of God, right? I don't want to go anywhere but where God wants me to go, church. Stop to think about that for a second. The, he said if we listen and we learn and we heed to these things, he said the judgments which I teach you under them that ye may live and go and possess the land which the Lord God, which the Lord God our Father giveth to you. By the way, for you and I today, tonight, this morning, that's heaven. That's heaven. I'm not looking for the promise. I'm not looking for Canaan land, so to say. I'm not looking for the land that floweth with milk and honey. I'm not looking for the next place to get when I left out of Egypt. I'm looking for home. I'm looking for heaven. I'm looking for the place that God said, that Jesus said, when I go to repair a place for you, I will go and I will come again and receive you unto myself. Where I am, there you may be also. I'm looking for heaven. Church, not, not another place here. Well, better keep going or I ain't going to get there. You shall not add unto the word which I command you. Church, listen carefully. That's not just in the book of Revelations. God started it out talking to Israel. Here they are. They're in Deuteronomy. Don't add to what I'm giving you. I, I like what he says next. Neither shall you diminish aught from it. 
diminish. Think about this. We say, don't add and don't take away. God said, listen to it, don't add unto the word which I give you, neither shall you diminish it. Don't belittle it either. Don't make it insignificant. It's not just changing it. We, we say, well, you know what? It's, it's not really that important. Can I, can I tell you something, church? Every word of God is vitally important. Thy will be done in earth as in heaven. That's important. Why? Because Adam was made from the dust of the earth. And therefore, God's will in Adam, God's will in me, <clears throat> is what God is desiring. And so when he says in earth, he means in you and I. God can cut a tree down whenever he wants. It does not make a difference there. God can stop the flowers from blooming. God can stop the ocean from flowing. God can do anything he wants with everything. But when he comes to the will of God, he says, ask that it's done in us. Don't diminish the word and say on earth. Well, it doesn't really matter, brother, earning on earth. Yes, it does. There's a difference between in and on something. There's a big difference. I'm in the building. If I were on the roof, would I not be in a different place? Just think about it. There's a big difference. Don't diminish the word. Don't diminish God's word. Remember, we're trying to train up a child. We're trying to train ourselves up. We're trying to train others up. We're trying to lead and, and we diminish the word of God. God said, don't do that. It's that simple this morning, church. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Belpura, and I, I don't know all these words there, for all the men that followed after Belpor, uh, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. But ye did that, but ye, but ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you to this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land, whether you go to possess it. By the way, church, I'm just going to say something this morning. And I'm not going to get through this, all right? I'm, I'm already reserved to it. I'm not going to get all the way through this. But, but listen, it, 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 he said this that very carefully. He said, Behold, I have taught you the statutes and judgment, even as the Lord my God commanded me. Do it the way God says. Don't change it. You know what happens a lot of times with parents? We change things. Standards things. You, you know this. We've heard this. Well, you wasn't as tough on the, older, on the youngest one as you was on the oldest one. Every one of us, I mean, if you've raised kids very long, I understand. That's been said to you. Well, you know what? You are tougher on me than you are on them. Parents get wore down when they stop and they think a little bit. You know what happens? We start seeing what our older children do sometimes, and we think, well, that was an error. I shouldn't have been that way with them, and so I'm going to be a little different with these. And let me just say this. If we stick to the standards which God set, we don't have to change nothing. 
Makes sense, don't it? When did God change his word? He's God. He changeth not. Day unto day and night unto night uttereth his speech. And they don't change. They don't change. God says the same thing today as he said yesterday. Why? He's the same today as he was yesterday and forever. I like God's standards, by the way. I really do, because, see, here's the deal. God's fair. God's no respecter of persons. God don't look at me and say, well, Ernie, you know, you didn't do near as good as Danny did. So, Danny, you're, you're I'm, hey, I'm going to move you to the upper room, and Ernie, you go down in the coat closet. God said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And when we stand before God, he's not going to go, you know what? You did 2,345 things right. Come on in. Because you only did 2,343 things wrong. So your good outweighed your bad. No. He's going to look at the vilest of sinners who plead the blood of Jesus Christ and he's going to say to them, welcome in thy good and faithful servant. Come on in. Why? Because you put your faith in the blood. You trusted in the blood. You called upon my son. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hey, the standards and the statutes of God never change. They were trusting in the Old Testament for Jesus to come in the New Testament. And they put their faith there. And when he came in the New Testament, hey, church, the glory of the Old Testament was this. Those who died, faith, believing, got the same promise as you and I did. There's a lot to be read in this chapter. If you'll read down through verse 16, you'll get everything. Verse 14 says, And the Lord commanded me that I that at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that you might do them in the land where thou goest possess. Take heed therefore, good heed. Or take ye therefore good heed. In other words, pay close attention. Listen up, church. Take therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on this on the day that the Lord spake unto the unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you graven images and similitude of any figure or likeness, male or female. Hey, by the way, can I tell you something? Baphomet is both male and female. Those that follow after Baphomet are doing exactly what God said not to do. Think about that church. It's not all right. It's wrong. It's real simple. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 11 this morning. I want to at least get through the last, last two. Chapter 11, verse 18. 
Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as a frontlets between your eyes. In other words, it's what you see. It's what people see in you. It's the character of God. And you shall teach them your children. Speaking of them, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied in the days of your children in the land the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the day of heaven upon the earth. If ye shall diligently keep all of these things, um, all these things, commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to cleave unto him. Church, why, why do you, I want to talk about marriage. Listen, God said cleave unto him. What does God say about marriage? He said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. Your wife is vital in your relationship. Your husband is vital in your relationship. And your children, the Bible says, are your blessings. And blessings should not be discarded. Blessings should not be pushed off. Blessings should not be forgotten. And by the way, they should not be neglected. They should not be taken unseriously. I'll guarantee you something, church, this morning. People will treat the dollars they get far more better a lot of times than they will treat their children. They'll take better car homes, better care of their homes and their cars than they will their children. not my place to judge, but I once knew a person who spent so much time taking care of everything but his wife, his marriage, his son. Today they're not married. I want you to think about something for a second. What was the most important thing he had? His relationship with God. When you neglect that, you'll neglect everything else. I'll say it again, and I know it to be true, and if anybody wants to argue with me, you'll have to show me out of the Bible. But two people in love with God, married in love with God, together now, will not separate if they stay in love with God. Because God will make their marriage right. God does not mess up, church. People in love with God, loving their children in the way that God will have them to love. I can't cross my fingers too good. But that will not go wrong. That stay. Why? Because it's in the love of God. Does it mean the child will love God? Hey, it does not mean the child is going to grow up and say, I'm so in love with God, look at my parents. But they're going to have an example. They're going to have been taught. They're going to have been trained. And when they get to that place there, when they're older, I don't mean to be mean, but when you get a little older, you get dumber. But when you get old, you get smart. Think about it. 
I don't know near as much as I thought I did when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. We stop to read these scriptures and we look at these things. For if ye shall diligently keep all the commandments which I command you to do, to love, to do, excuse me, command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to cleave unto him. Then will the Lord drive out all those nations before you, and ye shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. And, and I'm going to say something, church. You say, Brother Ernie, that's talking about Israel, it's talking about this. Let me tell you something. In the spiritual aspect of what God's saying, he says, if you'll, if you'll love me, cleave to me, hold to me, follow me, I'll fight for you. And I'm going to tell you something. God wins every time. Man, if I could say I win every battle I've ever been into, I mean, that would be a great thing. But there are times I lost. And I lost because I did not trust God. I did not hold to God. I, I let the flesh well up. I, I was praying yesterday, and I told the Lord this. I said, Father, I said, you know what I want, but you know my heart. So help me. My heart belongs to God, church. And every so often there's a battle there. God knows things I want. But I trust him with my heart. And I always trust him with my heart. I, or excuse me, when I always trust him with my heart, he always helps me make the right decision. Sometimes, though, I want to use that scripture. It says, Lord, you said if I would follow you, love the Lord, just, I mean, if I, everything in you, you'd give me the desires of my heart. But I'm going to tell you something, church. When you're that in love with God, the desire of your heart is what God wants in your life. Everything else goes out the window. <laughs> Luke chapter 14 I don't have time to read it all. Verse 15, 16, and 17, I'll read them to you, and then we'll talk just a minute, and we'll, get, we'll let you go. It says, And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that eateth the bread of the kingdom of God. And you know what, church? That is absolutely 100% right. Why? Because Jesus is living bread. Then said he, talking to Jesus, then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent a messenger at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. Can I tell you, there's going to come a time when the cry of God is this, that all things are ready and people are going to be bidden. But, but look at what he says here. When they came to those that were bidden, they began to make excuse. They were consenting to excuse themselves from the marriage. So it wasn't an important thing. I mean, after all, I, I, I bought a piece of ground. I must go see it. You've heard me say this before. Never buy something sight unseen. You do not know what you're getting. You might have the picture of the Taj Mahal and end up with swamp in Louisiana. 
But that was his excuse. I got to go see what I bought. The other said, I have five yoke of oxen. I must go prove them. Can I, can I tell you something? Carvana is, 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 is a big deal. And, and there's another one out there where you buy cars online. And, and you can buy cars online at dealerships. And I mean, hey, if it's brand new, I guess, you know, you don't got much to lose there. But, but I'll be honest with you this way. I've never bought a vehicle I did not test drive. Sometimes it just don't sound right. Sometimes it don't run right. And other times it's beautiful. You get in it, you're driving down the road, and after you get a mile down the road, you realize it's just not right. But people do it all the time. I'm going to tell you what you're doing. Starting to put your faith in things you do not know. And by the way, church, that's the plan the devil has. Everything going on today is, is if you stop thinking about it this way, if it takes out anything that says this, I'm just going to trust because somebody else said it, and I'll prove it. No, no, something's amiss there. When you buy your oxen, you don't go prove them afterwards. You better go look at them things before. Realize, hey, they may not be what you think they are. I mean, the old boy bought the $120 horse with a sway back that you couldn't even put a saddle on. Wouldn't pull nothing. The next thing it knew, it was in the glue factory. Think about it for a second, church. And then the other says this, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Can I tell you something? In that statement right there, everything we've covered this morning, that man just broke. Oh, yeah, you say, well, Brother Ernie, he was cleaving unto his wife. He left his father and mother. He was cleaving unto his wife. And, but this is the deal. He was bent to the king's supper. That's where you ought to be begging your wife to go to. But I know a whole lot of people who get married and no longer go to church. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. They'll get married and they'll quit church. Why? Because the spouse don't go to church. And by the way, if you didn't meet your spouse in church, but you met your spouse in a bar or you met your spouse somewhere else and they weren't going to church, but they started going to church to please you before you're married, I'm telling you this, most likely when you get married, they're going to go out of church and they're going to drag you down. You ain't lifting them up. Stop searching the world for somebody to marry. Start searching with the Lord. That's real simplistic, is it not? I'm telling you something, church. I've seen it. Could have happened to me. I say that carefully. Could have happened to my wife. She was going to church, and I was going to whatever church my girlfriend would go to truth. That's why I started going to her church. Something happened though at her church. I got saved. And now I go to church. My wife goes to church. And sometimes we drug our kids to church. Sometimes they got a whooping on the way to church. They got a whooping at church. 
They got a whooping on the way home from church. Sometimes they got a whooping to get ready for church. We were going to train them one way or the other. But I tell you the truth, we didn't do everything right. But you're never too old to turn and start doing the things of God the way that need to be done in order to keep training and teaching and influencing, inspiring. I want to tell you something, church, this morning. I've had people say, well, you know what? If your children turn out like you, they're going to be all right. If my children turn out like me, they're in trouble. They better turn out like God. A heart for God. Christ-like. You say, you're not? No, I'm saying this. I'm imperfect. He's perfect. I want them to have a better relationship with God than I had. Hey, they're younger than I was. Or I am, rather. They're younger than I am. And when I was their age and didn't know what I know now, I want to influence them now with what I know in the things of God so that when they are that age, they have a head start. Listen to me, church. Don't diminish the word of God. Because when you do, you'll diminish the relationship of your children, your grandchildren, your nieces and nephews, and other folks will have on God. And there's a lot of churches today who says a relationship with God is this. Do you believe there's a God? Yep, you got a good relationship. No, you don't. There's a lot of people who believe there's a God whose relationship stinks. And hell's their home if they don't turn. I'm not that kind of pastor. I won't tell you that. You better get so in love with God that you don't matter. And I'll tell you something. When you do that, there's people who won't like you. And sometimes you won't like yourself. Because the flesh is still there. Bible says, crucify the flesh and affections thereof. Paul said, I die daily. Why, church? To have a right relationship with God. So, dads, lead. Lead. Don't be mean. Lead. Stand this morning. Heavenly Father, today we thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you, dear God, for your mercy, for your grace. God, thanking you. You're so good. You truly are the best father child can have. Help me be a better child. That I can be the best dad my children can have. 
is a privilege to have. A greater privilege to be your child. Help me to be the influence to them that you are to me. And help me, Father, to allow you to influence me better. Help us, Father, we pray today in Jesus' name. If you have a desire to come and pray this morning, whatever it might be, would you bring it before the Lord today?